0: contracts, salary caps. Why do our favorite teams make some of the moves they do? It's usually the money. It's time for the Business of Sports with Andrew Brandt. Hey there, boys and girls. Welcome to another edition of the Business of Sports with Andrew Brandt. This is a Brandt's Rants edition. It's brought to you by Bet Online. You know, football season is back. And if you're looking to place your wagers, there's only one place to do it. It's BetOnline.ag. Take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. You just use promo code Podcast1, podcast one to receive a 50% sign-up bonus today. Betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Now let's get to a Brant's Rants edition of the Business of Sports with Andrew Brant. I am just I like this time of year. This is the Flashpoint time of year. I've been an agent, I've been a team guy. And it's always the right before the season, the last week of preseason, last week of training camp, where deals happen or not. We await whether a deal for Khalil Mack will happen with the Raiders, whether that's going to be a trade, whether it's going to be a contract with the Raiders. I doubt that. Whether it be a trade and contract somewhere else, we'll see about that. We also await what will happen or not with Earl Thomas. I think zero will happen. The Seahawks are just sitting pretty waiting for him to come in, using the leverage that they have. We'll wait and see what happens with Aaron Donald as it gets close. Maybe by the time you hear this, there will be a new deal for Aaron Donald. And unlike the Raiders and Mac, and unlike the Seahawks and Thomas, they are negotiating, have been negotiating two years. I think the sticking point there is Aaron Donald wanting to get paid like a free agent, which I'll talk about a lot with Beckham and Rodgers. And the Rams saying, you're not going to be paid like a free agent, like Indomitian Sue was paid. You are different. You have a year left. That's going to be a theme of this Branch Rants podcast. The first deal I want to talk about is that of Odell Beckham. We think about Odell Beckham coming off an injury, and he came off an injury. And then, of course, there was some enmity. There was some uh, words spoken about wanting a contractor. Maybe it was media-driven where back at the owners' meetings, John Merrill was asked about it, said nothing was going on, and there was some rumor that Odell Beckham was not going to set foot on a practice field without a new contract. Of course, he set foot on many practices before this contract came, and there were all kinds of rumors back then, where it would be traded, what we traded for. I mean, that's the the nature of media where it becomes a wildfire out of nothing. But Odell's got a deal. As of this week, Odell Beckham is under contract For a five-year extension, that means six years of contract for the New York Giants, which is incredible value to have this player in the prime of his career with no opportunity to go to free agency unless the Giants decide that I have enough of them. But here's the important parts of this deal. We don't need to go through all the all the details, but he had eight and a half million coming in. Okay. So that was remaining on the contract, and that's, again, the theme of this podcast. He's not a free agent. Teams take advantage of players that aren't free agents by doing what the Giants did. They put a $20 million bonus in front of them. When you're making $8 million, they offer you a signing bonus of $20 million. That is hard to turn down. That is in this deal, and that bonus is paid out $10 million in September, $5 million in November. But the last $5 million, interestingly, not paid— uh, until february i guess that's okay but good cash flow on the bonus something hard to turn down when you're making eight and a half million dollars over the next six months they, he can make 15 million by november and 20 million by february just on bonus that's hard to turn down kevin abrams the negotiator for the giants smart guy figured out you got to put this in front of odell he's not going to turn it down and of course he didn't so 20 million bonus for Odell plus whatever money he's going to make this year. Uh, I think a small salary of a a 1.5, something like that. So he makes 21.5 in 2018. He makes 16.75 in 2019. That's a fully guaranteed salary. 2020, 14 million, but only 2.7 is guaranteed at the time. So let's get into what all this means. Guaranteed at signing. Guaranteed at signing means. Signing the contract today, that money is secure. Now, the idea is to get a fully guaranteed contract or close to it, where you don't have to worry about injury guarantees, which we'll talk about next, converting to full guarantees, which is the way all these deals seem to operate. But Odell Beckham has 41 million guaranteed at signing. 41 million guaranteed at signing. So again, that's the 21 five in year one the t- 16 i'm sorry uh 16.75 in year two and then only 2.75 in year three so at signing he is only secure year one year two and less than three million of year three that i see as a win for the new york giants now i know they're not going to cut him in year three and I know he'll convert some of these injury guarantees into full guarantees. But as of today, the New York Giants can walk away. Sure, they got to pay them 30 million dollars over two years. But they can walk away after two years if, they if they're not happy. With no remaining financial liability except for $2.75 million in guarantee, which is probably an offset guarantee that they'll get back from any team that signs them. I think that's a win for the Giants. The other part of the deal is there's 24 million in injury-only guarantees, which would bring the guarantee up to 65. Injury-only guarantees, to me, don't have a lot of value. They're very rarely paid off. I can't think of injury guarantees that are paid off. It requires you finish a season injured, which you're paid for. You cannot pass a physical at the end of that season. You cannot pass a physical at the beginning of the next season. Thus, you can collect an injury guarantee. But... Somewhere along that season, or beginning of the season, September, October, November, you decide you're good enough to play, that injury guarantee would go away. So, not a ton of value. They convert for full guarantees at some point along the way. That's how these guarantees works. Okay, the other part of Odell Beckham. There's $90 million in quote-unquote new money. New money, and I'm trying to explain these terms because they're thrown around, is money that's given to the player beyond what was owed? So what was owed here? I said eight point five million dollars. That eight point five would be added to the new money. So the new money is ninety. You add in the eight point five. That's ninety eight point five. So ninety over five is that eighteen million dollar number? Eighteen a year, right? Ninety eight. Over six doesn't look as good. But I think it's sixteen point four something. The problem for Odell is he is locked in for six years. Listen, Sammy Watkins and Alan Robinson got fifteen or sixteen a year, I think Watkins is at sixteen in free agency. They both had injury issues. They both are certainly not mentioned in the same breath with Odell Beckham. But from a value perspective, I think you can say those deals are equivalent or maybe better. Here's what I mean. Sammy Watkins, $16 million a year, three-year deal. Sammy Watkins is, I don't know, 24 years old. Allen Robinson's 24 years old. They're going to have another bite at the free agent at Seattle at age 27. They are only going to get better, assuming no more injury. They are going to make more than Odell Beckham, likely... Over two deals because the market is going to jump in three years. The value of those deals is not even the sixteen million a year for Watkins. It's the three-year term. That's a strong deal because at age twenty-seven, assuming upward trajectory of his career with the Chiefs and Pat Mahomes and an exciting offense and Andy Reid, be in good shape. Okay, I am not slamming this Odell Beckham deal. I just think here's the problem. With all these contracts done before free agency, the teams know two things. One, they have fifth-year options on their best players. Because assuming their best players are first-round picks, like Aaron Donald, like Khalil Mack, like Earl Thomas, and like Odell Beckham, they know, they get into that fifth year, and they're starting to think about the new deal. Now, maybe they express some civil disobedience like Khalil Mack or Aaron Donald and hold out. Odell Beckham didn't hold out. But they know the injury risk over the next 16 games compared to what they could make if they rolled the dice, and most players don't roll the dice. The players that have tilted the leverage in the NFL are ones that have rolled the dice, whether through circumstances beyond theirs, like Kirk Cousins. If the Redskins had just made a serious offer, he would never have hit free agency, but they never did. So he went franchise, franchise, and now he's free agent, he gets a... Groundbreaking deal, although not totally groundbreaking because of only three years, but a fully guaranteed deal with the Vikings. And Dominican Sue got to free agency, groundbreaking deal. Uh, Sam Bradford got to free agency and got a bonus baby, uh, groundbreaking deals, continues to get them. Larry Fitzgerald, groundbreaking deals, using the leverage they had. But Odell Beckham is a strong deal, but not a groundbreaking deal because. He had a year left. Imagine if Odell rolled the dice, rolled the dice coming off injury. I get it, but rolled the dice for 16 more games. If he just did that, he would get a deal. I know there's the franchise tag. I don't think the giants wanted to go down that path with a volatile player like that. But if he did roll the dice, he'd be looking at 20 million plus. I think he really would. Now he's looking at you factor in the existing year. It's a little over 16. It's a higher average than Sammy Watkins. It's 18 of new money. That's great. But the Giants did the right thing here. They put 21 million in front of him when he was going to make eight. They put whatever it was, 30 something million over two. But not getting more than 2.75 guaranteed in the third year and certainly no guarantees beyond that from full, that's tough. That's tough. So my thought is Odell Beckham, good deal, strong deal. Giants took advantage of two things, having him under contract one more year and putting enough money in front of him to take that deal. Odell Beckham is now under contract six years. There have been some extensions with some incredibly talented skilled players lately, like Todd Gurley, under contract six years. Uh and Odell Beckham under contract, six years. Now, again, last couple of things. There are workout bonuses. There are some roster bonuses in the later years, so they have to make a decision on Beckham. Uh, you know, listen, the cash flow, I don't know. Again, 21-5 over one 385 38-5 over 2, 527 7 over 3. You know, I was thinking maybe Odell would get close to 60 over three. That's, again, maybe my expectations were too high, uh, but that's that's a big difference. And, you know, the structure, uh, they could part after two years. <laughs> I mean, that's what I keep coming back to. Now, you're sitting there saying, they're not going to cut Odell Beckham after two years, but they can. But they can, having paid him 30, whatever it was. $38 million over two years. $19 per year for two, yes, it's more than the franchise tag, but he's locked in for six years on their terms. So they, if they if he is a mistake for whatever reason, injury or attitude or downturn in performance, they can get out of two years. Yeah, they paid him 30 something million. If he's okay, not the player he was, they keep him around. Or they leverage him with a lesser contract. The fact is they have the years. In the Major League Baseball and NBA, the players want years. They want years cuz they're guaranteed. In the NFL, the owners want years cuz they're not guaranteed. So on a 6-year deal, there's barely more than 2 years guaranteed here. So that's again my issue with the Beckham deal. Again, you can, you know, I can nitpick, but I'm just saying from my informed perspective, I expected more. I think it's decent enough deal, actually a good deal, for the New York football giants. I'll get to my friend Aaron Rodgers in a second. But first, a word from Hims. You know, 66% of men lose their hair by age 35. And when you start to notice hair loss, it's often too late. So do you, if this is happening to you, do you want a bald spot or do you want to do something about it? Do you want your hairline to receive or do you want to do something about it? Here is a solution. It's 4 It's a one-stop shop for hair loss, skin care, sexual wellness, all for men. This is a product that works. We're talking about real doctors with medical-grade solutions that you connect online. No snake oil pills, no gas station counter supplements. These are prescription solutions backed by science. So all you do is you get on. There's no awkward in-person visits, no waiting rooms. You get on in line, you ask a few quick questions, doctor will review, and they can prescribe medical-grade products shipped directly to your door. No, no fuss. So now, order now. My listeners for the Business Sports Podcast get a trial month of HIMS for $5 while supplies last. So, so you see the website for detail. These would cost hundreds of dollars if you went to a doctor or a pharmacy. Go to 4hims.com slash that's for hims.com slash sportsbiz, all caps, S-P-O-R-T-S-B-I-Z, 4 slash sportsbiz. Back to the brands Rants podcast. You know who I'm going to talk about now. It's Aaron Rodgers. He has the biggest contract in the history of the NFL. I'll talk about the details. I'm still sort of seeing them come out, but I wanted to get on right away. Before I get to that, it's just amazing to me we're talking about the best player in the NFL, and I certainly think he is. He's a party of one in my mind at the quarterback position. And he's getting a contract that's the highest in football. Is a guy that no one wanted, maybe including us. Okay, 2005 draft, we're in the draft room. We didn't expect Aaron Rodgers to be there. We weren't looking for a quarterback. We had the most durable quarterback in the history of football and Brett Favre. We had 20 players rated first round grades. We wanted to take DeMarcus Ware. We wanted Marcus Spears. We wanted Derek Johnson. All these guys were gone. So two things happened in the draft. The guys that we were targeting defensive players gone. And Aaron Rodgers keeps falling. So we get to the 24th pick. Aaron Rodgers is there. I remember the room vividly. Our coaches are like, oh my God, we can't take him. He won't help us this year, next year, maybe never. And we on the management side said, what do we always say? We say, trust the board. The board is telling us to take this guy, even though he's a quarterback, even though we have Brett Favre, even though he won't help us this year, maybe not next year, maybe not ever. Why dip into the second round to pick a corner or pick a defensive lineman just because of a need? Trust our scouting. Stand for what you believe in. If we had dropped in, to second-round grades to take a player. We wouldn't have felt good about ourselves. We would have had a player that would have contributed more than Rodgers did. But we took him. And, of course, the story continues with Ted Thompson telling me to get him on the phone. I was thought I was getting Mike Sullivan, his agent, on the phone. I call. Hello? Is Mike? No, this is Aaron. I felt so bad. I said, Aaron, can I t- – Andrew Brandt with the Green Bay Packers. Can I talk to Mike – and he hands Mike the phone, and Mike's like, "Andrew, you gonna take him? Are you gonna take him? Are you can take him?" And I said, "Just hold on." And then the poor kid is sitting there with the family. The caterers had cleaned up all around him. He's the first guy sitting there five hours. TV cameras on him. I'm watching them talk to me on the television. I just felt so bad because then we wanted. It was 15 minutes per pick. Then we were gonna wait 12 minutes. To see if that phone rang in that draft room with an offer we couldn't refuse. Maybe two seconds. Who knows? I can tell you that phone never rang. That was crickets. And I've got the poor kid and the agent on the phone. We can't tell them we're taking them. We're waiting to see if the phone rings. The coaches are livid. They don't want a quarterback in the first round. We got Brett Favre. So had that phone. I think about this all the time the best player in the league, now the highest paid player in the league, had that phone rang, likely the NFL would look a lot different. So sometimes the biggest decisions in sports and business and anything are the ones you don't make. And in that case, it's the ones that 23 teams in front of us didn't make. And it's the one all the teams thinking of maybe calling the Packers about getting Rodgers didn't make. We ended up with the best player. He fell in our lap. <laughs> and that's what happens now he signs this deal. Let's talk about the deal. The deal is strong, obviously. We're talking about $100 million guaranteed. Now, now all of this is kind of factored in. Listen, there's nobody out there that wanted Aaron to break the bank to set new groundbreaking contracts. But the real problem with the, him doing that with this deal was he had two years left. And the recent quarterback contracts, you had Garoppolo, basically had no years left, was on a franchise tag. You had cousins, true, absolute, unfettered free agent. You had Matt Ryan, one year left. Now, throw all those guys together in a box and say they're they're number two, five, six, ten, twenty on the quarterback rankings. The problem is their leverages pushes them up right at the level of the number one guy, Rogers, because he is saddled. And this is why I never thought a deal would get done. He has two years left at 40 million. You know, basically 20 million a year for two. So if he's getting a hundred million over three years, and I think the number is a hundred and three million, that's strong. That's strong, but that is a sixty-three million in quote unquote new money over the next couple of years. And Matt Ryan got ninety-four. Now Matt Ryan got ninety-four five over three. Aaron's getting maybe, you know, eight, nine million more. But it's Aaron Rodgers versus Matt Ryan. Now, here's the issue again. Matt Ryan with one year left has a lot, I'd say a lot, yeah, a lot more leverage than Aaron Rodgers with two years left. Aaron Rodgers is a much better player, but Matt Ryan's leverage kind of makes him there. Kirk Cousins with zero years left has a lot, a lot more leverage than Aaron Rodgers with two years left. But he got 28 over 3 with the opportunity to have a new deal. So again, like we talked about with Odell Beckham and Sammy Watkins, you could say that Kirk Cousins maybe has a better deal than Aaron Rodgers because in three years, Kirk Cousins has another bite at the free agency apple when the market had changed, will change. It only will get better. And... Aaron has a strong deal. Let's just, you know, $134 million is the value of the four-year extension. But you have to throw on $40 million existing. So it's $174 million Over six comes out to about 29 4 which is more than Cousins, more than anyone. But again, it's kind of like Beckham. And maybe we're being realist, unrealistic, not we. I am being unrealistic because I... Kind of thought, hoped as a guy that's advocating for players. I know I was on management 10 years, but I'd like to see the leveraged equation even out if it could. Maybe I was just hoping for maybe Beckham gets 20 a million average or at least 60 over three. And maybe I was hoping that Rodgers would get a guarantee going into year four, year five. And goodness knows, was he going to be the white knight that got a fully guaranteed contract, that got year four guaranteed, that got year five guaranteed, and in this case, year six, he's not. And was he going to get these adjustable terms that he talked about, not he, but media had talked about for months, like uh, the contract would adjust if someone passed him by, and I don't know if that meant passed him by salary-wise, average-wise, signing bonus-wise, etc. You know, no, he wasn't going to get that. Was he going to get a percentage of salary cap? No, no. And the reasons were nothing to do with his talent. And the reasons were nothing to do with the fact he's so much better than a Garoppolo, than a Cousins, than a Ryan, than Derek Carr, the recent big contracts. The reasons are the leverage equation shifts to the Packers with two years left. And now again, (laughs) I know I'm ambivalent on this because I'm such a fan of Aaron as off the field and on the field. I think he got a good deal. I just wish he broke some barriers. Now, cash flow is unbelievable. He gets a signing bonus of 57 5 We were talking so uh, admirably about the Stafford deal a little while ago when he got 50 signing bonus, 57 5 huge, huge, monster signing bonus. Cash flow by the end of this calendar year, almost $67 million, and then you throw in March where he's going to get a big roster bonus of it looks like almost 14 million dollars. Then we're talking about cash flow over 80 million dollars. Uh it's gonna be a low salary next year in 19, but 82 million over two, uh hundred and three over three. So again, when I look at contracts, I look at guarantee, I look at security beyond year three, I look at the three-year marker, that's 103 million. Now Beyond year three, there's no guarantees. And I know what you're going to say, just like Beckham, the Packers are not going to cut Aaron after year three or year four or year five or year six. But the point is in any contract negotiation, it's about allocation of risk. The Packers have allocated the risk to Aaron. They've allocated the risk to Aaron. Who knows what could happen? God forbid he's injured. God forbid something happens. He doesn't have a guarantee past year three. Uh, and their incentives and there are all kinds of other things in this deal but it's a 29-plus average over the full period of time. It's a 33-5 average over the new years. That compares very favorably to Matt Ryan, uh, who had the record of $30 million, uh in new money. So it's strong. It's strong. Again, I'm sort of a bivalent. I'm saying this about Beckham, too. Strong deal. Hoped for a groundbreaking record center as a player advocate, as wanting to see the tilting of leverage towards players a little bit. These are the type of players that have to, I know that's added pressure on them and their agents. These are the type of players that have to move the needle for player compensation. Odell Beckham, Aaron Rodgers, the problem is, for whatever reasons, I'm not blaming them, they don't want to wait till the ultimate leverage of free agency. When you do, you score. Kirk Cousins, Endicott Sue, handful of others. When you get there, you score. Getting there is the problem. Is Odell Beckham going to turn down twenty-something million when he's supposed to make eight? Is Aaron Rodgers going to turn down sixty-seven million dollars when he's supposed to make twenty? Of course not. Teams know this. Even the smartest players. They put enough money in front of them so they don't risk free agency. The problem with the Redskins, they never put a serious offer in front of Kirk Cousins. It was an easy decision for him to go to year to year. He comes out of it on, smelling like a rose on the other side. And Dominican Sue with the Lions had such leverage, they couldn't afford to keep him. And he went to free agency. So these are the situations that happen. Listen, Aaron has changed the marketplace in terms of the highest paid quarterback. Aaron has not changed the marketplace in terms of structure. Now he does not have on in his deal per game roster bonuses, which something he did have something. I started the Packers that all veterans have now, except him. He got that out of there. But again, I'll repeat my point. Did Beckham and Rodgers get deals that were solid, strong, impressive, Absolutely. Did Beckham push the envelope as much as I thought? No. Did Rogers set some structure, groundbreaking language about adjustability, about percentage of cap, about year four guarantees and beyond? No. That is the frustration of even the players, the best of the best, not getting changes in the market structure because teams have leverage with years remaining. If Aaron Rodgers had waited even one year, this deal would look a lot stronger. If Aaron Rodgers had waited two years, even with franchise tag at the Packers' beck and call, I'm certain he'd have some of these things we're talking about. But leverage is about timing, and the Packers do a good job. I've been there. I was in that seat for 10 years locking players up. So Beckham's in, Aaron's in, Aaron Donald may be next. It's that time of year people get these deals done in the business of football before it's turned over to the players and coaches and the business gets wrapped up. A lot to come still with Donald and Khalil Mack and Earl Thomas and what's going to happen with them, and I'm sure more deals to come. There is my Branch edition of Business of Sports about Odell Beckham and my old colleague, one Aaron Rodgers, now the highest-paid player in the NFL. The exclusive partner for Podcast One Sportsnet is BetOnline. It's an exciting time in the gambling betting world, and these guys are our go-to guys, the guys we trust for all things. Betting lines, odds, wagers, inside info, you name it, BetOnline.ag. As football season's right around the corner, you've got to find a place to make your wagers. We'll head to BetOnline.ag, take advantage of the best bonuses in the business, promo code PODCAST1, all caps, P-O-D, CST1. Receive a 50% sign-up bonus today. Betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Again, hope you enjoyed the Brant's rants about Beckham Deal and Aaron Rodgers deal. I will always break it down for you in ways hopefully you haven't thought about. Think a little deeper. Get inside the real business of sports and football. Follow me on Twitter at Andrew Brandt. Listen to these podcasts on Apple Podcasts. Give us a good rating if you would. Stitcher, tune in. RossTucker.com, wherever you hear your podcasts. And I'll be back next week with another edition of The Business of Sports with Andrew Brandt. Thanks for listening to The Business of Sports with Andrew Brandt. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. You can also get additional insider insight by listening to The Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Fantasy Feast, Even Money, and College Draft Podcasts, all at RossTucker.com or wherever podcasts are found.